Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello. I am Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Sue, you'll notice that this episode has been released Friday (laughs) and on November 11th, which the rest of the world acknowledges is Armistice Day, or in America, Veterans Day. And just so you understand... This is the day that World War I ended officially. And World War I was considered a horrific war. And to acknowledge, in theory, to never have this happen again, they wanted to make it a worldwide holiday. And again, even though in America it's not Armistice Day, It's Veterans Day. It is an acknowledgement to those who serve in our wars. And unfortunately, they didn't learn because we had World War II. But we'll see how that pans out. (laughs) Hopefully, we will not ever have World War III. But getting back to why this is being released on November 11th, Friday, right after the release of yesterday's episode. So here's just the honest truth, guys, gals, future ghosts. I'm going on vacation, and I don't want to bring my laptop with me. And since I'm the only one that knows how to (laughs) release the episodes, you get two episodes in the same week. And so if you aren't excited about the back-to-back episodes and kind of like your every Thursday then you can, you know, hold off until next week. This is your chance. I'm telling you, you're not going to get an episode next week. And then just listen to it next Thursday when you're, you know, that's your pattern. And trust me, I get it because I get in my patterns and I like what I like. And it is kind of gets us going. So either way, again, there will not be an episode released next week. This is the episode. And... So let's talk about why. As I said before, I'm actually going on vacation. I'm actually headed to the Caribbean. I am going to Puerto Rico. I am going to St. Thomas. And I'm going to Jamaica. And so I I have to tell you, I, I never thought that I would ever go to Puerto Rico. It was never really on my main spectrum. I would love to go to Spain. I would love to go to Scotland. Those are my two main ones. But Tokyo, Japan is on the horizon as well. I'm I'm excited that I have been 
given this opportunity to do this little adventure with a friend of mine. <laughs> I just, I, and this is the first time I've actually inter- traveled internationally with a friend as opposed to family. So I'm, I'm a little nervous, a little excited, but I did want to talk about traveling. So this, so I'm going to mix in both the traveling aspects. I'm going to give you some tips on how to travel because this, this is not my first international travel. I've traveled Europe repeatedly. And so I wanted to discuss tips and then I want to talk about some of the sites I'm going to see, some of the haunted sites that I'm going to see in Jamaica, in Puerto Rico. So let's, let's kick this off. Number one, and this one is essential. And, you know, I learned this a long time ago, but I put it into definite application when we went to Hawaii last year. To avoid the crowds or to avoid problems during the course of the day, it is always best to get to your most important destination as soon as possible in the day, earliest in the day. And prime example, when we went to Hawaii, the one thing I wanted to do with my sons was cage dive with sharks. And while we were there and we were the first group out, the instructor said repeatedly that this is always the best time simply because the weather gets choppier as the day goes on and sometimes they have to cancel some of their shark diving tours because the weather is too much to put the cage in the waters. So, but I found that to be true too. In fact, I remember very clearly when we went to Paris with Panda and husband Jeff and my youngest son, when we got to the Eiffel Tower, we bought early tickets. We got to the Eiffel Tower. It was hardly anybody there. But by the time we exited the Eiffel Tower, it was pretty packed. So getting up early to avoid the crowds, getting to your most important destination. You can have a list of five or six things you want to see. Select what is the most important and get there first. So that's your first tip. Number two, and this is the whole point of traveling. Break out your comfort zone. I'm not talking putting yourself in danger or doing something stupid. I'm talking about trying something new that, I mean, granted going to a foreign country that a language you don't speak, even a language that you do speak is trying something new. And that should be recognized without a doubt. But while you're there, try their foods. I remember when I went to England with Panda Mike, we went to this, I don't know, show of some sort. It sounded fun. And they were serving apple cider to, and it's an alcoholic drink, to the adults. And that was something I had never tried before. I, I don't drink alcohol, or at least at that time, I did not drink alcohol. And I tried that cider, and oh my God. And I mean, it's a simple cider in England, but it's not something that is typical here in America. But I really ended up enjoying that. Another thing that, um, another instance 
when Jeff and I went to Belgium for our honeymoon, we were given, it's kind of like a, you know, you know, congratulations on your honeymoon. Thanks for coming. They gave us this, this, uh, drink with just mint and hot water in it. And I have to tell you, even now on really cold days, because we got married in October and it was cold in Europe on really cold days and Jeff grows his own mint for this purpose. I will ask him if he will make me a pot of mint and it's that simple mint and hot water. I mean, of course I add some sugar to it, but the point is, is that that wasn't something that I would do before, but it's a nice warm drink and it brings me back to the honeymoon. And it was something that we carry with us. So trying new things like food, drinks, and I, I mean, that's kind of the whole point of going and seeing new places. Uh, well, on top of, rather. So break out your comfort zone. Again, nothing stupid, okay? <laughs> Please. You know, just a sample. Try. Just one or two things. All right, tip number three. And I go back and forth with this one, but I'll explain why. Don't plan anything on your first day of arrival. Okay. So here's why I go back and forth. When we went to Paris, we managed to get there and I didn't plan anything for our arrival. But in the back of my mind, I had ideas of places I wanted to head because I couldn't squeeze them in the rest of the trip. And again, this is the same trip with husband Jeff, Panda Mike, and my young son. We ended up seeing all the places that I wanted to see, but we were so completely exhausted that, I mean, between the traveling to get there and the running around that we did that we got there, I generally cannot remember how it was that we got from the restaurant that we ate our dinner at to the hotel that we were staying at. I, I literally cannot remember how we did that. That is how exhausted I was. It's erased from my memory. Now, the other side of this recommendation of not planning anything on the first day of your arrival is this. When we went to Hawaii, I messed up. I messed up on our flight time. And it was a really big fuck up. It was a fuck up. I did it. And Panda Mike and my youngest son had every right to be mad, and they weren't. They were okay because they knew they were going to get to Hawaii. Well, we hoped. And because I didn't have anything planned for our first day of arrival, it ended up being our day of arrival. There was no rush to get somewhere. And there was no hurrying or panicking or we were going to miss out on something that we paid for. So... I mean, I think you should have a big gentle plan, but not a definite plan for the day of your arrival in case, even if it wasn't my fault, had it been the airlines or bad weather, I think it's just best to have a soft schedule or plan and nothing definite for day one. Let's talk about Puerto Rico. Now, I'm sure you guys are familiar with some of the unusual late hurricanes that are happening, tropical storms that are happening. 
I did have the opportunity to check in because we are staying in San Juan, Puerto Rico, which is the capital. And the thing is, is that the last hurricane actually went around San Juan and hit the rest of the island. So our Airbnb hostess has assured us that everything is fine. And considering the fact that where we are planning to check out has been there hundreds of years before the United States was even a nation is still standing. That's pretty awesome. So some of the places that are known to be haunted in Puerto Rico is Castillo San Felipe de Maro or simply El Maro. This is a fortress. I don't know too much about it. I will go into greater detail when I come back. But my friend and I are anticipating going there. Another place is Castillo San Cristobal, which is another fortress. Castillo actually means castle, but castle also means fortress. One place that I'm not sure we will check out, but we will be in the vicinity of, is Teatro Tiapia. That is a theater. In fact, I think it's the longest continuous theater in the United States. In case people don't realize, Puerto Rico is actually a territory of the United States. Not a state, but a territory. And the other place I know for a fact we are not going to be checking out, but I do know is haunted, or have read that it's haunted, is Hotel Convento. The Hotel El Convento in San Juan, Puerto Rico. We're not staying there. <laughs> We're staying somewhere else. Okay, so getting back to our tips. Number four is learn a few foreign words. One major one is the bathroom. And how to say, I need to use the bathroom. In Spanish, it's necesita el baño, por favor. And trust me, that is essential when... You're walking around all these places and all of a sudden you really have to go. So pick up a few foreign words. Hambone, which is ham in French. Help me get ham sandwiches in Paris. Also, write down, number five, write down the address of your hotel. And if you can, like laminate it, make it a card readily on your person on your in your backpack in your sack in your purse whatever simply because sometimes wi-fi especially traveling internationally may not be the finest it may not work so having it on paper readily available when you uber or lyft or taxi drive you know you can just show them the address on the card or a handwritten note Number six, bring your own water bottle. I cannot stress this enough. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. For this next week, because we're leaving on Friday, for this next week, I will be drinking predominantly water. Traveling dehydrates you faster than anything in the whole wide world. That plane ride, okay, we have three plane rides over to Puerto Rico. That is going to dehydrate, you know, the cabin air circulating, that's going to dehydrate. So hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Bring your own water bottle and just refill. Now, granted, if you're going to a country 
that does not utilize the same type of water system as the United States. And this is something I highly recommend you check out. Do not bring your own water bottle. Buy water bottle that is an American company in countries that do not use the same type of filtering system, water filtering system that is, as the United States. Britain, Italy, France, they do. Europe does. And I actually have this picture of me drinking from one of, Italy has famous fountains all over Rome. And there was this one with this dragon that I just had to find. And I did find it. It was kind of like a little scavenger hunt to myself. And I drank from the fountain. And it was perfectly fine. But that is not the case in other foreign countries. So definitely double check. I cannot speak for Romania. Okay, so that's even Eastern Europe. But I can definitely speak for, for Britain and France and Italy. Okay, number seven, wear walking shoes that are broke in. You have to resist the urge to buy the shiny white new shoes. And I learned this, believe it or not, from walking in Florence. I brought brand new white squeaky clean shoes. And oh my God, within an hour, my feet were hurting to the point where I was crying. And so while walking around Florence, and that's the thing that I learned kind of quickly, especially in the older cities like Florence, like Rome, they have cobblestone for the streets. And some of the cobbles wobble, cobble wobble. That's a real thing. And when your feet are already hurting and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, what's with all these cobblestones? Why is this one wobbling? Trust me when I say this, it just adds to the agony. So yes, clean your old but broke in pairs of shoes and use those. I ended up having to buy a pair of sandals that I kept for years afterwards that were far more comfortable and even had this cute little slight heel, but that was far more better than the brand new tennis shoes that killed me to walk. So that was an extra expense I was not anticipating and could have easily been avoided had I just worn the broken shoes that I had at home. And, I mean, I know everyone wants to take a picture, but, I mean, just above the ankles and you'll be fine. (laughs) Take the picture above the ankles. Okay, number eight. A lot of cities tend to offer free walking tours. You just have to sign up. And here's the deal. They tend to be pretty good because they're working for tips. And do I recommend tipping them? Absolutely. I usually like to tip $5 or 5 euro or 5 whatever, whatever country you're in per person for my group. So if it's the four of us, they get 20. If it's the five of us, they get 25. Or if it's just me, husband, Jeff, they get 10. $5 per person. And... Like I said, they are literally working for the tip. So don't be Scrooge McDuck here. Don't be an asshole. If you choose to use the free walking tours, I promise you, tipping $5 per person is a lot cheaper than having to pay for a tour guide who is getting paid just to be there. And 
One of the places that I do tend to look at is with locals. It's a website. I used it with when we went to Rome. It's not everywhere, though. They're expanding slowly but surely. But what with locals does, and this is what I really like about it, is you're the party. You're not mixed in with 30 other people, perfect strangers. You're the only party that they take. So check out withlocals.com. It is something that I have personally used. Just, you know, do the reviews. One of the longest lasting tours. And I was a little, it was a little longer than I was wanting because I was tired. But my son absolutely loved the tour guide. Was in, in Rome. And, I mean, just a plethora of information. So, you know, and it's, they want to know what you want out of the tour. So it's kind of like customized, personalized. So when you get an opportunity, when you are traveling, before you go, take a look at withlocals.com. And I'm not getting paid to say this. Please understand that. I'm telling you this because I've had really good luck with them. In fact, I want to say all the tours that we took in Rome was through with locals. So, and be sure to tip them too. Even though they are getting paid, don't be an asshole. Tip them. And I'm not really big on tipping. Okay, I kind of think this whole tipping scenario is getting out of hand in America. But tip your tour guides. Okay, they're there to give you a lot of information. They're happy to help. And they're happy to give you additional information. So don't be an asshole. Tip your tour guide. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about Jamaica real quick. Now, as of right now, my only stop in Jamaica that is haunted, and all you guys who are in the paranormal world should know this, the main haunted place in Jamaica is Rose Hall. And I am excited to announce that I literally have my hot little ticket for Rose Hall. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm going because, I again, Jamaica was never on my hot list of places to go. But I do remember, you know, ghost hunters going through there. And it was like, oh, my God, I totally have to go there. And now I am. So I'm totally excited. I have my hot little ticket in my hot little hand. I'm I literally... I, I have it right here. And so Rose Hall, which is known to have the white witch because she was an evil, evil human being. That's kind of how it works sometimes when it comes to haunted and you know places of tragedy. But either way, I have my hot ticket. I'm very excited to be going to Rose Hall, Jamaica. Okay, getting back on track. Number nine. Now, I only did this once and it did work out. This did work out, but I understand what they're talking about, and I and I think to a large degree they're right on the money. Eat away from touristy places. And I actually saw this suggestion on multiple lists when I did the research for this. You know, what are great ideas remind me of what I learned learning from others and, you know, kind of compiling this list. As it is, the places that are closest to the hot spots, Eiffel Tower, Big Bend, the Roland Coliseum, they don't tend to be as good because they know they don't need to have the best. And more importantly, they charge more. I read that they recommend that you go down a half a mile away from the touristy place for a more authentic 
for better prices and better quality of food. And I agree. You're just there to enjoy what is available to that country. But more importantly, if you're eating at the touristy places, they're just catering to the tourists. They're not really catering to to authenticity of their country. So I highly do recommend that. And the other thing, and I read this just recently, so I don't know if this applies for other other restaurants, but there was a whole article by a man who suggested, I haven't tested this theory out, but I'm very tempted to. He recommended, he was, an, he was a Chinese man himself, he recommended that if you want really good Chinese food, you find a restaurant that has exactly 3.5 stars. Not four stars, not three stars, but 3.5 stars. And his argument was that tends to be the better Chinese food restaurant. And he claims that in any city that he goes and he wants Chinese food, he will find 3.5 stars and have a good meal anywhere he goes. So maybe there's something to it when it comes to other themed restaurants, not just Chinese. Because, you know, I'm not going to lie. In my mind, if I'm going to Paris, I want to eat the fucking best. I don't want no sloppy-ass Joe on my plate. I want your finest. I want your, your best. And so that does not necessarily mean the most convenient one the one that's closest to the, the the Eiffel Tower or the Rome Coliseum. In fact, one of the interesting things about our hotel with in Rome when I took my youngest son this last time, we went to a very nice restaurant and he it was away from everywhere, but it was relatively close to our hotel and which again was not anywhere near the hot spots. And he said that was one of his favorite meals that we had had. And so there, there is something to the fact that the restaurants away from the touristy zones are better. And the other thing is that I want you to remember, especially in the height of tourist season, whatever season that is for this particular area, you're going to be dealing with other tourists who may or may not be polite and then you have overwhelmed service people who are dealing with the same rude-ass tourists that you're, you may be dealing with. So the service itself may not be the, as best. So the food may not be as best. The service, and you're there to have a good time. Who wants shitty service? Nobody. Who wants shitty food? Nobody. So just something to think about. When, for example, you know you're going to the Eiffel Tower, Look around through, you know, four or five blocks away from the Eiffel Tower around for restaurants with maybe a 3.5 star review and give that a try. I, I just think that not only will you pay less, but you'll probably have a far better memorable experience. All right. Number 10. Listen to all the podcasts that you can pertaining to the city or area you are going to. 
that includes mine, but it also includes others. And why in the hell would I recommend that you listen to other podcasts about, you know, this topic? For one, I want you to feel as comfortable as you are with the knowledge that you receive and the information that you listen to for the place that you're going. The more comfortable you are, the more relaxed you're going to be. Not necessarily put your guard down relaxed, but the more you're going to enjoy yourself, the more you're going to feel comfortable in the foreign or new place. And that is what is essential to me. It doesn't matter if I'm the only podcast that you listen to. What matters is, is that you feel happy in your travels. That's what matters to me. Having knowledge and knowing what things are, feeling more comfortable being in that area is important. So, and your safety is important too, because if you die, that's one less listener for me. So there is a little element of selfishness, yes, but your safety is essential. That's my point. And I remember looking at all the maps because back when I started traveling the world, the first time I went to Italy, I looked at all the maps and, you know, there's maps and then there's actual roads with buildings. And it's a whole different thing. And I just remember feeling exceptionally nervous. And we went through the the subway station only to find out that the place that we ended up going was like literally five blocks away from our hotel, which was our original destination. So, I mean, information, podcasts, research have gotten much, much better since the my very first trip which as you guys know was to Italy my very first international trip was to Italy and the slight debate whether Florence or Frankfurt was my first international city depending on which airport counts point is it it's a lot and it's it's can be nerve-wracking but the more you feel comfortable the more you're going to enjoy your trip and the more you enjoy your trip the more you're going to want to try another place and trying new things is always a good thing, in my opinion. Okay, so listen to other podcasts. Listen to all you can. Research. Look at the maps. Even though they may not look real, you might you might recognize something. Something might be familiar to you when you're on the ground running in your broke-in old shoes. Okay. Number 11. Make sure you pack with you a small backpack. I know some people would rather carry their purse. I know some people would rather do their money fanny pack. You know, I just, I read somewhere that the money fanny pack is basically pickpocketers understanding of where you keep all your money and backpacks too. But the thing about the backpack is unless they snatch your whole backpack, the backpack pretty much stays on you and you can use little locks on it to make sure that nobody unzips while you're going through touristy places, visiting and having your lunch. But the thing is, is that in with a small backpack, and this is kind of why I recommend it, with a small backpack, you can carry your water bottle that hopefully you brought home from America. You can carry a towel, because I do actually recommend like a little hand towel. And I recommend, like I said earlier, a little maybe a little lock, on the thing, a combo lock, so that no one can get into the main part of your backpack. But I also recommend a flashlight. You never know when that humdinger is going to come in handy. So, 
to recap, I recommend a water bottle, a little hand towel, cloth hand towel, maybe a lock to lock your zippers, and a flashlight. And on top of that, tissue in case you need to blow your nose or if you have other needs. And maybe hand wipes because the, the wherever you go, the plumbing may not be the finest, the most convenient or cleanest. And also too, especially abroad in Europe, you are definitely going to want to have the coin euro dollars on you. So you need like a little coin purse for that. And the reason why is because they tend to charge to use their bathrooms. They tend to charge one euro or two euros to use their bathroom. This is kind of how the bathrooms get clean. You're paying the cleaner to clean the bathroom. And I've seen this in Belgium. I've seen this in Italy. I don't recall if I saw it in France or Britain. But again... You, if you got to go, you you may have to pay that euro dollar. So a little coin purse as well for all the little euro dollars to help you get into a public bathroom. Okay, so that's it. That is this week's episode. I am not going to see any haunted places in St. Thomas, Virgin Island, but... At this point, I think the only thing I'm going to see that might be of great interest is the Pirate Museum and something called Captain Blackbeard's Castle. So I've been, I'm not sure what that really means. And the 99 Steps, which again, I'm not sure what it is, but I will report all of this when I come back. Either way, if you get the opportunity, you know, look into some of the things we discussed today for your next travel. And... Uh, go try it this is part of a of a cruise that i'm on that's how come i'm island hopping if you will and i'm very excited i never really thought about going to this part of the world and now i am all right that is all i have for you tonight on to business facebook 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 we have a facebook page if you're curious or interested and would like to join send us a request but in the meantime, if you have a place that you would someday like for us to look into or research or some sort of murder you would like us to delve into, send us an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. So until next time, please remember only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why we hope to meet you where the dark corners are. Mm-hmm.